Welcome to the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast. As an autoimmune warrior myself, I understand living with a chronic illness isn't easy. You're not alone. This podcast is to give hope. I will interview individuals living with autoimmunity along with experts and businesses to provide knowledge and support. As a health coach, I understand there is no cure for autoimmune disease, but creating small changes can influence how we feel and be stronger than autoimmune. Hola, Warriors. I'm excited to have Chris Cook, an executive chef, founder, and CEO of Special Leaf. Prior to Special Leaf, Chris Cook was a professional chef consultant and was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, he is on a mission to share the benefits of Special Leaf, olive leaf tea. So let's get started. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chris. Yeah, the whole whole farm to table movement, you know, that started about twenty five years ago or so. You know, it's it's not going away, and it's just been exacerbated, exacerbated, you know, with the pandemic, right? And people, you know, realizing that they need to start they need to start taking care of themselves. And how do you do that? You start reading labels, mm-hmm. and you start inquiring about where your food is coming from you know how is your what's in your beverages that you're that you're drinking and maybe those things especially the beverages that you grew up drinking you know or or things that you were you're growing up eating um you know you you have to be conscious of that and make new decisions and survival of the fittest right you got to pivot, you got to juke and jive, you know, <laughs> um, to, uh, I think to, um, you know, just have a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. Know? So yeah. that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, first of all, I guess, <laughs> I guess we should start. A, thank you for joining me on the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast, Chris Cook. And what a awesome last name because you're a chef. <laughs> I mean, just so happened to work that way. What got you interested? Because we, we started off on this movement of healthy eating, but what got you interested in health or eating a certain way that you do? I think, um, <clears throat> you know, being in kitchens and you know, starting off as a dishwasher all the way up to an executive chef, you, you're fine-tuning your knives, so to speak. So you're fine-tuning your palate and you're, you're gravitated more towards things that you enjoy cooking and eating and working with. Um, it's definitely a hands-on kind of career. Uh, it's an artistic kind of path that you choose to take um, that most people have a calling for. I kind of... I kind of fell in love with it, you know, after high school working at, you know, places like a Marriott or a a small pizzeria that was close to my house. And, um, you know, you, you, you see and and taste and you grow through the, uh, you know, the, the culinary journey, if you will, that you're on. And all the while you're kind of, 
you're refining your leadership skills and, um, you know, your menu development and costing and everything that en encompasses being a chef. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you like what you like to eat, what you like to eat, you know, and true flavors and clean flavors, uh, letting the, the, the ingredients speak for themselves, um, not overdoing, you know, putting a plate together, um, speaks volumes, you know, the, there's an old adage, it's called, less is more, uh, mm. in, in, in culinary, you know, so don't overthink it. You know, if you start with great ingredients, then, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to, you know, to end up with something that's great when you put them all together. Um, but then later on in life, uh, I was diagnosed with, um, rheumatoid arthritis mm. and that really, you know, stopped me in my path and you have to adjust your way of thinking. Um, you're kind of like counting your steps on a daily basis when you, you never did that before. You're you're thinking a lot more proactively than you have before, you know, otherwise you're going to suffer from the ailments, you know, and um, it's the same thing with your diet. You know, I can eat whatever I want to eat, but I'm going to pay for it. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's just research and, um, you know, talking to your rheumatologist and, finding out what you can find out, uh, you know, with things that you can do holistically, um, through your diet, you know, that are, it's really, you know, I've always, like I said, I've always loved clean and true and fresh flavors, um, and never, uh, overcomplicated things, but, but with, you know, the arthritis and the flare ups and, you know, the inflammation and things like that, you, uh, you really have to stop and think about what you're doing. You know, so you 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 have much more of a, an enjoyable uh, kind of existence, honestly. You know, yeah. Well, so what's I the point of living if you're not enjoying it? Yeah, and I don't know if you know about people with arthritis, but I'm sure you do. And I it's haven't. not fun. Yeah, it's not fun, right? No. You, uh, it it's like a silent kind of pain that a lot of people don't understand and. You know, if you do have somebody that you can talk to and, um, you know, it's familiar, whether they have it or you know, they know somebody or whatever, um, you know, consider yourself fortunate because a lot of people don't understand. They just think that, you know, you're being lazy or, or whatever. But, you know, it didn't help that I grew up, you know, working 16 hours a day for 20 years, uh, you know, weekends on, holidays on, um, away from the family you do whatever it takes to, to prove yourself in, in higher echelon, you know, types of kitchens and culinary in the culinary world. And, um, you know, the, um, the whole health side of things for me, uh, it's just super important. Uh, and, and not just for myself, but it's, it's for myself to promote. I, like I said, I think that I'm a crusader and I, I, I'm here for a reason and it's to talk about things that can help people. Um, and uh, I don't think that I'd be doing, you know, special leaf any justice, much less myself, if, uh, you know, I was just, you know, going about my daily business and, you know, and not opening up my mouth and talking to people about, you know, what they need to hear, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're changing 
lives by not only living it because you understand what it takes to live a healthy life because you know you're going to get a flare, you know you're going to pay for it, like you said. But then on the other side, you are giving people an alternative drink that's flavorful, that actually a person can benefit from drinking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, uh, we have testimonials from folks that that use it uh, for uh, natural energy or inflammation. Um, I've got a couple testimonials from folks that uh, have done you know, some kind of studies and, um, you know, personal kinds of things to, you know, lower their blood pressure. So, you know, there's no caffeine in it. Uh, you know, that's a plus, but it's crazy that, you know, a recipe or like a concept that's thousands of years old, um, you know, can still provide, you know, the things that they were talking about it helping with way back then. Mm. And it all comes from olorapine and the natural compounds that are found in the olive leaf. Okay. So with the, the natural compounds, what we're trying to do is just um, build it in a way where it's appealing and, a, and very approachable uh, to people. Um, tea is the second most consumed beverage behind bottled water. And it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, the studies will show that it's growing, you know, by leaps and bounds year over year, whether that be in the continental United States or just worldwide, you know. So I think we have a pretty good shot at uh, delivering this message the right way. And, um, you know, going back to what we started talking about is <clears throat> the health and wellness and people taking care of themselves and, and utilizing you know, things that are there uh, and, and, and concepts that people are working on and products that people are working on and um, just not not thinking that they have to rely on Western medicine for any little thing that happens to them, you know. Yeah. Sometimes pain is good, you know. It, it <laughs> teaches you things, you know. Yeah. I, a lot of people are just, they're, they're just set in their ways as to, well, if I hurt, then I have to take a pill. Right. And you right. look at our culture and you look at where we live. I think uh, the United States and Argentina are the only countries that are allowed or by law can uh, advertise drugs on TV. I heard about that. I didn't know Argentina was the same way. Kind of weird. I'm not, wow. I, I haven't uh, done a deep dive into that quite yet. But um, yeah, you, you look at where you look at the Mediterranean area, you know, and and why the the longevity, the lifespan of people there, are, are is greater than you know folks in the United States. Well, look at what we eat. <laughs> look at who right. we are. You know, look at look at our lifestyles. Look at how much we work. Yeah, you like know? you were saying, you were working sixteen hours. I guess we'll we'll kind of uh, work our way backwards. How did you get the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, or what, what were the first signs? Yeah, I'm 46 now, so this is probably um, six years ago. I was working with a friend up in the hill country at a private uh, kind of uh, you know, just resort style um, place, and my the bottoms of my feet just 
started to hurt just out of the blue. You know, I'd wake up with just tremendous amounts of pain. Um, couldn't walk that well, you know, definitely could not work 16 hours like I was before. And I thought it was my shoes. I thought that my shoes were finally telling me, no, you can't. And I wore the same kind of shoes throughout my whole career. So I just figured, oh, well, maybe it's this new floor we put in. Maybe it's, you know, the shoe, maybe it's, I don't know. I never, I never, I never thought that, you know, it could be something like arthritis, you know? So went to the doctor and then they referred me to, you know, get some blood work done and stuff like that. And wasn't the shoes, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, autoimmune, uh, runs in my family a little bit. Um, you know, I definitely don't. And I, I think, you know, maybe my, my diet in the past, you know, could have something to do with it as well. You know, I, I know that it's hereditary and, and whatnot. I get it. I have some vitiligo too on my hand, mm. but, uh, you know, I was just so young thinking that, you know, putting my body through that kind of regimen on a daily basis couldn't have been good for me. No, you know, yeah, the diet, stress. Yeah. The diet, you know, couldn't have been good for me. You know, I mean, when you're a chef, you're just grazing all day. You don't mm. sit down and eat and pray. And, you know, like people in Spain where they take like two hours, you know, to eat every single meal period. It's just not like that. And it's just such a fast paced world that you uh, lose sight of who you are as far as your, your health, um, because you're always trying to give to the team that keeps you, that keeps you going. And, um, you know, the, the fan base, the customers, you know, so it's the clock can be your, your best friend or your worst enemy, you know, in kitchens and being a chef. So yeah, it was probably about six years ago. And ever since then, I've just been kind of refining my life, what I eat, how much rest I get, um, how much I work, all that, you know, I'm glad to tell people that I'm not. I'm not crazy busy, you know, I'm getting enough rest and I'm great. Whereas before it was like, it was like a badge of honor to tell people that, you know, about all the business that you're doing and all the, all the work that you're doing. And, you know, people like, you know, you talk to them and they're, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. This is, I can't catch a breath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not going to last very long. Yeah. You know? And it's not a badge of honor. Uh, you really got to look at the mirror in the mirror and, and ask yourself who you want to be and, you know, how you want to feel and how long you want to live. And yesterday is when you should have done that. Yeah. It, that, that busyness turns into burnout. And then by the time you're burned out, it's already too late. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you got diagnosed at 40 or later on at 40 and how did you come about living on a orchard of olive trees in texas <laughs> so um even before i was working with my friend um i was cons i started to consult uh with different restaurants and groups and whatnot with uh you know things that they might need to be a successful food and beverage operation so menu development, uh, team building, leadership, um, just structure, 
basically that, you know, would ensure that they were sustainable, you know, as a restaurant or a hotel or, or whatever. And I was working at a hotel downtown uh, by the Alamo called the Emily Morgan. It's the official hotel of the Alamo. No, oh, yeah. A and beautiful hotel. yeah, I was there for three years and towards the tail end of that, um, well, we had formed a, a, a 501c3 nonprofit here in San Antonio called the Chef Cooperatives. Um, when I first moved to San Antonio in about 2004, I was working at a couple of hotels downtown on the Riverwalk and just met some great people. And we had always wanted to do something outside of the hotels to give back to the community. So a bunch of chef friends, we have an official sommelier, um, you know, other people that are doing great products and things like that, entrepreneurs. Um, we formed this group and we raise money to give back to local farmers or artisans uh, that need help, you know, with, you know, a few thousand dollars upwards of, you know, however, however big the, the event that we throw for them, you know, we can raise them some money. And, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And through that network, uh, I met a lady that owned this olive orchard on the outskirts of San Antonio going towards uh, the coast. Uh, towards Corpus Christi and she had she had grown up traveling a lot she was an artist and educator and she just fell in love with the Mediterranean area and olives and the trees and the landscape and all that had some ties to Texas so once uh, her husband passed she moved back to Senate or on the outskirts of San Antonio it's a town called uh, Elmendorf oh, okay yeah and she uh she bought this property and started planting trees and she's probably i think the first uh woman uh to be um a part of you know all of agriculture uh in south texas found out that the soil very very um similar to that of um uh, definitely spain uh, and italy so a lot of the um, Itali Italian and Spanish varietals of olives work very, very well in South Texas. The sandy soil, the clay, and those kinds of things, um, it, it works. And she needed help with her infrastructure. And um, we were doing these these um, uh, wine pairing dinners that would showcase uh, different regions of the world. We called them passport series dinners. Nice. So that sounds wonderful. <laughs> We would pick a different country, um, you know, map it out on, a, on an annual basis, and we would procure olive oil, wine, and olives from that region. And then the kitchen and myself would come up with uh, a five-course paired dinner with the cuisine that was native and, uh, and eaten, you know, most commonly uh, in those regions, you know. So... After doing a few of those, she asked me to come out and work full time. So I said, why not? You know, I, I just felt there's a lot for me to learn here because we were developing products uh, from the tree. So it wasn't just, um, you know, uh, an orchard that would produce extra virgin olive oil on an annual basis. We were producing different kinds of soaps and solves and scrubs and lotions and insect repellent and balsamic vinegars and um herb scented you know sea salts and I, I developed a wine program a local all texan um or texas wine program yeah just seeing the 
the uh, the opportunity um you know being out there I, I just i jumped at the chance and through that uh you know in the kitchen there were there were you know a couple people that were already working there um and running things but i was just there to kind of assist and help and build and um they they were making this tea they'd go out to the orchard probably uh twice a week and there's uh some branches these branches that come off of the base of the tree they're called sucker branches and you need to prune them in order to make sure that the tree is giving you the the best quality olives and um you know during harvest time you're going to get the high polyphenol the high aloropine uh counts in those oils which in turn produces a very very good extra virgin olive oil <clears throat> and you know, through the pruning of those, those limbs, they would, uh, you know, take the branches back, the limbs back to the kitchen and strip the leaves from the, the, uh, the branches and clean the leaves like you would like lettuce or, or whatever. Okay. And then you, um, you dry them in the oven until, um, you know, they're, they shriveled up a little bit and, um, they probably re reduced, you know, by 30% or so, um, with that. Um, and it kind of concentrates um, the flavor that you're going to receive after you steep, but you steep them just like regular tea leaves and you okay. develop your recipe and, and uh, you know, if you, uh, if you like a heartier tea, you know, obviously you're going to steep for longer and then you can get into all different kinds of water and the temperature and stuff like that. So uh, just seeing how it was made, um, you know, we were serving it in a glass you know, so we'd make like five gallon batches out of it, you know, and just serve it in the glass. And, um, so what does it taste like, or what did it taste like when y'all produced it? In it, tastes that like green, it tastes like green tea. Mm -hmm. So I said, this is, uh, just phenomenal. Um, uh, I want to learn more, you know, as a chef, you see something new, you're automatically gravitated towards it, you know, and, uh, you just want to soak everything up. So, uh, after seeing it and then studying it, you know, the history and learning about it and whatnot, uh, I said to myself, you know, this is something that I want to learn, you know, how to give to a lot of people. You have a conversation with your family about how you live right now and how you're going to live for a little while. <laughs> yeah. With the financials and uh, the amount of work that it takes to do something like this. So five years ago is when I did that. So in December of 2018 is when, when we launched. A special leaf. That's yeah. your baby. <laughs> we have a pomegranate blueberry and the base for all of them is called the original. And it has three ingredients, olive leaf, carbonated filtered water, and a little bit of monk fruit. That's it. Mm. And then all the other ones that I showed you, they just have no sugar added uh, fruit added to them. So we're really giving the the olive leaf a lot of shine and a lot of uh, justice with what it brings to the table by, you know, keeping it real with <clears throat> the all natural ingredients, no added sugars, you know, uh, a lot of beverages they put, I mean, you can see the list of <laughs> what's in this small little container, you know, and you're wondering like, well, I hope this is okay for me. Yeah. You know? What is the benefit of drinking olive leaf tea? 
So 4,000 years ago, uh, you'll see studies talking about it originating in Italy. Uh, you'll see studies talking about how it originated in Greece. But I love I love both stories. I'm not going to go, you know, say that it came from one or the other, but the Mediterranean area, you can you can honestly say that and not not get in trouble with anybody. <laughs> but they they used to make it in a hot form uh, to treat nausea and indigestion. 50, 60 years ago, uh, there's a lot of talk about health and wellness um, and, uh, you know, what a good Mediterranean diet can do for you, what a good extra virgin, why extra virgin olive oil is so great for you. Um, there's a, there's an, a, you know, a, an approved supplement uh, from the FDA, um, olive leaf extract, you know, that people pay, that people buy and they consume for all different kinds of things that, you know, they suffer from inflammation. Um, it helps people with type two diabetes, it helps to prevent type two diabetes, um, cholesterol, maintaining that weight management, cognitive function, um, your blood pressure, um, inflammation. And, and it's just, the, there's a long, long list of all these things that are attributed to uh, not just the oil, um, but the tree, you know, and the leaves are definitely a part of the tree. And um, yeah, we're, uh, we're promoting that. In my eyes, you know, to do something like this, while it is a lot of education, it is, you know, promoting it and talking about it. I, I enjoy that completely, you know. I just think that, you know, we have a really good shot at um, helping a lot of people because it is a tea. Right. And it's very, um, you can associate with it. Yeah. yeah. And how did you come up with the different combinations of flavors? Through experimentation. Um, because the leaves are very hearty, right? The, the flavor profile is very green tea-esque, but it's slightly more um, herbaceous um, because it is coming from a true leaf of a tree rather than um, a fragile tea leaf uh, that's very delicate, right? So because of that, you know, not all flavor combinations work. So you, you have to experiment and you have to... Uh, yeah, just play around in the kitchen, so to speak. I started in my kitchen, you know, doing this, uh, just the base, trying to figure out the um, the steep time, trying to figure out the water temperature and all that. Moved to my garage with um, a couple of big time propane burners, stock pots and kettles and, you know, chinois and china caps and stuff. And then moved to a warehouse where I was doing it out of converted 55 gallon brew kettles. Uh, with a bottle filler and whatnot and now we're co-packing at a local brewery uh, mm. so we've, we've come a long way but the flavor combinations that you uh, should think about are the hardier types of fruits and those that will lead them uh, lead to more of a robust flavor so it can match up with the intensity of the olive leaf flavor that you get from uh, making the tea you know Sounds like you're a scientist and well, an artist at the same time. I mean, being a chef, you're, you know, you're refining your palate and you're always tasting and um, that's really helped us, 
you know, um, formulate the recipes and, and whatnot, because, um, you just, I've got a, a, a big like notebook full of like recipes that have been scratched out and changed and adjusted and stuff like that. It's, um, in the very beginning it was not easy, you know, and I, I think that difficulty in figuring out how to make it palatable and appealing and then the, um, the introduction of the different kinds of flavors with the ingredients and stuff. Um, there's a reason why not too many people have done this before. Um, not very, easy, right? <laughs> very tricky. It's very tricky and you got to have the time. And if I was paying somebody to do it, like a flavor house or, or, or a company that does recipe formulation for a, for a job, it would cost a lot. You know, I got a quote the other day for just one flavor, $10,000. Wow. I said, I have four flavors, you know, so you're telling me that you're going to charge me 40, 40 grand after I've already developed it. I just need help. Like, you know, developing new, a new flavor or adjusting something in the future. Or, you know, I just, I always want to know what's out there. You know, mm -hmm. I always want to kind of just poke and prod and see like what, we, what people are doing in the industry to learn more about it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not cheap, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, being a, a chef has definitely helped with the creation of, you know, how to figure out what flavors go well and how they can balance and match. And still in the, uh, the purpose is, you know, for you to taste the tea and then have kind of like the added ingredients right. uh, on the back end. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like also your background of pairing also. Mm -hmm kind of led into this also with, with the different wines and yeah. uh, just being able to enhance those flavors and see what, what, what you want the end product to be. Like you said, you first get the olive leaf flavor and then you, or, or the green tea olive leaf flavor, and then you get the hibiscus or other combinations of the flavorings. Yeah. Doing, uh, doing wine dinners, you know, it really, really helps your palate um, evolve. It really does. And a lot of my food, I like to create kind of a layering of, of flavor profile when you're, whenever you're tasting whatever varietal of wine that you are with whatever food that you're eating, you know? So the food that was being done to pair with this Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, you know, there's a reason why there's, you know, a, a sauce that it is and the protein that's being used or the vegetable that's being used and how that all of those things are being cooked right? Roasted, braised, seared, poached, wh whatever. It all, it all should have these different layers. So when you're you tasting the wine and you eat the food and you taste the wine again, it's like an explosion in your mouth. Mm. And at the end of it, it all like just balances out, you know, and that's what you're shooting for. Okay. So having that experience uh, definitely has helped with these flavors for sure. Yeah. And, and it's like, creative art in your mouth <laughs> yeah it really is it really is i i my condolences because and to your rheumatoid arthritis and everything you've been through and i say condolences because you have to i've always said this you have to almost completely die that person off and create a new life because if you want to get better you, you can't do what you used to do mm -mm. Yeah. No, I was a, I was a drinker 
Uh, I used to smoke cigarettes. Um, I was a, I was a wild child growing up. Um, you know, but I, I had a very, very strong upbringing, um, with my, my folks who are still together. Um, and I just, I, I knew that, that, that kind of lifestyle, you know, it, it wasn't sustainable and, you know, you have a, you have a child and you just, uh, you mature and you, you see into the future as to who you want to be. And you know that you can't do the things that you used to do if that's who you want to be. And it was real easy for me to put down a lot of the things that I used to do and uh, stop hanging out with certain people that I used to hang out with. And um, so I had no problem with the adjustment of my diet, um, the reduction of alcohol consumption. Um, I stopped smoking cigarettes, cold turkey, you know, years and years ago, even before, you know, I, I started thinking like this and even before the diagnosis. So um, it was always one of those things. I never wanted anything. I never wanted anything to have a hold of me in any certain way. Uh, I felt that I was too strong for that. I was too, uh, you know, I was really strong minded and, um, you know, I wanted to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And I knew that to do that, that uh, you, you, you just got to make adjustments, you know, and you got to stop doing certain things. And um, it wasn't hard for me uh, like it has been for, for some people, you know what I mean? And um, I know it's hard, you know, and I'm, I feel for those folks and, you know, I, I still talk to people about growing up and, uh, you know, remember five years ago, remember 10 years ago and look at us now, you know, we've, we've done a lot. We've, you know, come up through the ranks and we've experienced life thinking that we were going to live forever. And now you, you know, you might have some children and, you know, you, a super, super successful career or a business or what have you. And it, it's all because you have the understanding that, you know, you just can't be that person. And um, I don't know, for me, the, you know, the, uh, the want, the desire uh, to have something uh, like what I'm doing right now to, to thrive and prosper. And, you know, something that I can, you know, I can, you know, bring my family into when it's the mm. right time. And my, my daughter could run it if she wants to, you know, it is, you know, it's just, that's more important to me um, than, you know, having a beer or, you know, whatever. It's just, that all, that will always be there. What you do every single second minute hour of every day will dictate where you're going to be tomorrow, a year from now, five, 10, what have you. Yeah, you're you're building that foundation. Either you're building that foundation to be strong or you're building that foundation or you're you're wrecking it. Churn it down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's not rocket science, right? No. It, <laughs> it's it's staring at you plain plain as day. Um, but some people have a hard time. You know, we, we started doing farmers markets and we still do farmers markets. Okay. You, you can Which, still, where at the, we're at the quarry. Um, okay. Was market on Sundays from um, ten to two. Okay. Um, we've done some in Heapner Oaks and um, New Braunfels and um, 
you know, at one point I was doing the one on Sunday here and then I was doing one uh, in Barton Creek in Austin on Saturdays. So it's just like, we're still doing that. You know, we're just doing it inside a central market now. You know, we're, we're talking to people. We're, we're still telling them our story and you'll, you'll be surprised. A lot of people like, you know, their eyes light up when, when I tell them the journey and, you know, how hard it is and, you know, um, what's keeping me driven and what's keeping me passionate. Um, so I think that if that's part of our culture, that um, we're going to help people in a lot more ways than just their health and wellness, you know? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed about your journey and it, it takes a lot of courage and guts and hard work. I mean, but that passion, I can tell just when we started the conversation, we, I can tell that this is something you really love and it's, it's building, you're building a legacy, not only for yourself, but for your, your children or your child. Yeah. And I really want to, I really want to do uh, the leaf as much justice as possible. And I really want to make sure that, you know, the former owner um, of this orchard, um, Sandra Winokur is her name. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing right by her, you know, because without her, you know, I, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. And yeah, you will, you will. And how can people find your product? How can people learn more about your tea, your olive leaf tea? Um, our website is specialleaf.com. Um, our Instagram handle is specialleafco, C-O. Uh, special leaf, uh, at special leaf for Facebook, at special leaf for Twitter. Uh, we are in all the central markets in Texas. So there's four in Dallas, Dallas area, one in Houston, uh, one in San Antonio, two in Austin. Um, so we're doing a lot of demoing there now and um, promotional types of things uh, to build that. Uh, we're at the Cory uh, Farmer's Market, San Antonio, Texas, um, every Sunday from 10 to 2. Um, yeah. We'll be on Amazon pretty soon. We're working on that. See if nice. that makes right now. But yeah, the, the the ultimate goal, the mission behind Special Leaf is to help people um, through a naturally functional line of iced teas using olive leaf, um, no added sugar, and all natural ingredients. Well, I'm excited for you. Thank I you. I really am. I can't thank you enough. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. There are three ways to show your support. One, rate the show on Spotify. Two, leave a review through Apple. Three, share the episode with a fellow autoimmune warrior so they too can have hope and be stronger than autoimmune. You can definitely hear the passion of Chris. He is really trying to make the world healthier. As a health coach, I know tracking what you do on a daily basis makes a big contribution to symptoms and flares. If you're interested in a free tracking app, go to Isla Health. If you're looking for an autoimmune support group, check out my site. I have local meetups and Zoom calls, sending lots of love and healing 
Until next time, stay stronger than autoimmune. Thank you.